Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Welcome back for episode 30. I said that like a question, but it is episode 30, so welcome. As always, Steve Opolinik, your host of Break the Chains, Find Your Flame. Our guest today is, is a good friend of mine. Her name is Ruby Maddox, and she is the creator of Direct Your Purpose, which is a coaching and consulting business dedicated to helping individuals and, and organizations cultivate their potential for meaningful contributions to society. She has spent more than 15 years working in the field of nonprofit management and philanthropy. She is a co-founder of two nonprofit organizations focused on social justice, leadership, and equity. Gardening the Community is the first one, and the second one is Leaders of the Free World. And you will hear a little bit about both of those in the podcast. She's also very accomplished. She is a 40 Under 40 Business and Community Leaders Award recipient and a 2018 TEDx speaker. But more than that, she is a certified badass. Just check out her uh, Facebook profile and I'll tell you the same thing. I asked Ruby to come on because I think she has so much to share, so much leadership to help cultivate in in our communities and to put out there. She was also one of the speakers at our recent fundraiser in February about self-care and guidance and, and passion and finding your purpose. Uh, so she is just pretty amazing. And, you know, I'm really glad that this podcast is coming out at this time because we need leadership. We need leadership in the community. We need leadership to guide us and we need purpose and passion to help make reform and change. And Ruby is all of those things. So I'm really glad that you guys will be able to hear her podcast today in the midst of all this reform that we're pushing in the midst of becoming a society that is leaning towards anti-racism and not being quiet. And I'm really, really, really happy that I get to share this with you today because it was a blessing to talk to Ruby but also because she has so much insight and so much passion and so much drive that I think this comes at a really good time. And I want you guys to hear her and hear her voice and know that there's great leadership in the community. And please outreach to her if you want uh, her guidance on anything or if you know of anything that mo- that may co-align with any of the nonprofits that she's engaged in. Um, you know, a lot of this podcast today is about community and connection so please outreach to her Um, I'll put her information in the show notes and really check that out I think it's going to be really important so without further ado in a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away our only hope is to break the chains and find our flame 
I know you can. That's why <laughs> I was like, this is going to be the easiest podcast. I don't have to do oh. anything. I could just let Ruby speak from her soul and it's good to go. Thank you. Well, welcome to the podcast, Ruby. Thank you for having me. Our guest, I, I kind of jumped the gun. Our guest is Ruby Maddox t- today. Uh, you heard me just call her Ruby. but um, So Ruby, I know why I invited you here. I just said before we went on air that I really felt that your passion and your drive are palpable just uh, to anyone who meets you in general, but more so when you spend any kind of time with you. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about yourself, um, your journey, and where you're at right now? Sure. Um, so I am, so I'm from Springfield, Massachusetts, um, born and raised here. Um, there were about these three years that I lived in Mass, but that's different. And um, so, <laughs> but my journey pretty much has been all about um, figuring out the unconventional ways to move forward. I think I felt like um, I always had to find, you know, the back door or the side door from what, you know, we turn conventional ways of doing things. Um, and through that, I just found, you know, community in doing that. Uh, people who are also, you know, going unconventional. And I found all, you know, connected with all these people who helped me um, make that leap. And so my journey and the work that I do now has been about how do I be that person um, for other people to help them connect to what's important to them, be that bridge, help them make that leap. Um, that That's where my joy is. That's amazing. Who were some of those people that helped you bridge that that gap? If you... Sure. Feel, feel um, okay with sharing. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, starting out, um, when we were a mom, who was a, a single mom at the time, sent us to um, the Boys and Girls Club. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's the same for every one of those clubs, but um, the one we went to in Springfield on Acorn Street, it really was like a family. So these, you know, these staff members who would take me and my sister under their wings and just sort of like, you know, say, oh, like poetry, you know, let's explore that with you. Or, um, we're going on a trip, you know, here, here's donuts for everybody. And it's just like, oh, you guys are like, you know, extended aunts and uncles and encouraging our passions. And then from there, I went to um, Holyoke Community College. Um, it was the staff there who was just like, you know, what do you want to do? And, you know, I'd have whatever idea or vision sort of loosely put together. And they're like, cool, let's roll with it. And uh, I remember thinking, wow, that that can happen. That's possible. Right, right. Something and you know, um, being given the resources or the space or the encouragement to sort of push that forward um, was everything. So, yeah, I mean, that's just a few I could, right, I could, yeah. you know. <laughs> could I'm sure there's a whole episode people. of thanks that you could kind of give out to. The exactly. <laughs> but I think that that's a really important part because I feel like in the work we've done with VVM and then even going to PodCamp, which you, I, I met you at VVM and then foster that more of that relationship at PodCamp. Um, one of the things that I found really awesome about those groups was that sense of community and that ability to open doors for people. Um, even to the point where they work with local colleges to, you know, create those uh, fellowships with, with those up and coming um, students and then adults who are looking to go into entrepreneurship. But also I think, in working with youth the way I do, 
the fact that they have someone in their life that's like, no, let's let's explore. Let's see what that is. I think it's so amazing and regulating to the system because you go through a lot of adolescence, or at least I did, just thinking, oh, you know, I have to be an adult. That's that's when I start making moves. That's when I can kind of have some freedom. And to an extent there is that, but I don't think I I like changing that mindset from, oh, I have to wait until I'm in college or I have to wait to kind of chase my passions. Um, when in reality, you don't, you, you can explore, you just have to find that connection or that community to help you grow, find your people mm -hmm. to grow. Yeah, I mean, when I was trying to start um, Leaders of the Free World, this is, you know, after I had started um, guarding the community, um, after, and that's, you know, youth, it's a youth garden organization in Springfield. Um, you know, I was trying to do this thing that I had never really, like, how do you start an organization literally from scratch? Um, Gardening Community or GTC was started from, you know, this farmer organization out in the hill towns that had existed for like 20 years. And we were a program under them that then later broke off and had to do all the, the, the stuff that new organizations do. Um, so when it came to starting Leaders of the Free World, it was like literally from concept to concrete, like how do you make this happen? And when I stumbled onto um, Starting Block, um, it was this community of, of change makers who were, who either were also thinking about starting their own organizations or had started their own organizations and were just really passionate about trying to make a difference in the world. Right. And, you know, that became just like, this wasn't a group of people who were just like, here's all the money you need, but it's just like, what do you need? You know, um, here's here's some knowledge that um, I have to offer. Here's like, hey, I know somebody who's done this, or maybe I can connect you to that person. But I think the biggest part was just like a community of people who are just like, yeah, you can do this. Um, we totally we we see it. We believe in you. And this is like, all right, cool. Um, yeah. And there's something to be said about that. Where just that the way a question or a statement is phrased, where it could very easily have been yeah, you could probably do this, but it's going to take a lot of work, kind of shuts you down a little bit instead of, mm -hmm. you know, no, you can definitely do this. We believe in you. And then you follow up with like, let's talk about how we can make this happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important thing to pay attention to when you're working with people is just your own kind of diction, your own kind of narrative and how it influences the people you're around and questioning that, oh, could I have phrased this a, a different way? I know when mm -hmm. I do youth groups with people on leadership, one of the things we do is we create a list of, you know, respectful rules at the beginning of each group. And we take away the, the negative kind of statements like don't talk over people becomes respect people who are talking or, or things of that mm -hmm. dynamic. So that even in that setting, we're not looking at a negative rule. We're looking at, hey, let, let's open it up to everyone, right? So instead right. of shutting people down with don't do this, which historically, if you have, uh, if you don't like authority or you're going to push back against someone, you're going to be like, no, I'm going to do that. <laughs> right, if, right. You just kind of open it up and be respectful while people are talking. Uh, it's a little bit different. It's not a power. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, the most powerful thing that you can do to someone is, or for someone is just like, let them know that they do have something to offer. They do have something to contribute. And in those spaces, it's like, it's not about shutting that down, but how do we open it up and help you contribute to creating that space and that energy? Right. 
So before we get into the amazing things you've done, like all the organizations you've worked with, because I think um, when you came and spoke at our fundraiser, you were telling me something about uh, you've had a lot of people ask you to be on boards and you have to really find the time so that you can take care of yourself and not just give, give, give. Um, mm -hmm. So I want to get into that, but I want to ask you a question about doing this work and helping people find their passion and chase their passion and purpose. Do you ever run a, uh, I'm sure you do, but I want to talk specifically about this. Do you ever, in these settings where people are helping to build and you're helping as a community like VVM or, you know, pod camp or whatever uh, other organizations out there that do that, do you ever find that there's jealousy between the people who come to it and that stalls them out from moving forward? Or do you feel like for a general purpose, everyone's there to support each other to kind of move forward and help people open those doors and get where they need to be? Or have you ever encountered where jealousy kind of seeps in either by a mentor or a mentee? Mm -hmm. So in those types of groups, I think what, what really set or attracted me and I, I know a lot of people to that space was there was the sense of giving. Um, mm -hmm. And the same thing with the, the starting block community I was talking about earlier um, it's just that I think when people have ideas or ventures or sometimes initiatives, um, there's this tendency to be very closed about it in terms of someone's going to steal my ideas right. and this, like this very scarcity mindedness around it. Um, and I feel like in the spaces that have attracted that kind of energy tend to be tended to be more about abundance thinking, you know, less cutthroat. There's only so many resources, but more about like, you know, the more we continue to help each other, the more we'll be able to help each other. Right. Um, and it was just like, that was what um, brought me into those places. Now, is there a such thing as like, you know, healthy, there is healthy competition, <laughs> like the comparison factor, um, you know, not just in, you know, VVM or um, like, I'm, I haven't been in your accelerator program, but it's just like, when you're in a group full of amazing people, right, everybody doing amazing things, and, you know, someone's, uh, somebody else's thing is maybe advancing even more than your thing. And, and it's just like, oh, well, you know, what am I doing wrong and everything like that. And I don't know if it's sort of like, gel I guess jealousy could be, you know, a, a term for it, but it's more like, um, you know, comparison being the thief of joy. Yeah. Uh, and how do you understand that, you know, that path, that journey that that person had to take to get to where they are, like, that's theirs. Um, and yours is yours, and it is going to be different. Um, you aren't meant to sort of advance at the same level. So it is about getting over our own stuff, and that's also part of what this whole journey is about. Right. Um, yeah. No, I, I like that comparison being a thief, um, because it, the reason why I ask is because not specifically for VVM or podcast let me just throw that out there so they don't get mad at us <laughs> <laughs> we love you, <laughs> love both of you guys. um but more specifically because i i feel i felt similar to entering vvm i felt really geared up to to kind of not go to war but to to make my case and kind of outshine and very early on because i had never been in, in something like that before so that's what i thought it was very cutthroat entering it mm -hmm. and very early on I was put in my place <laughs> and it was awesome I, I have never been so happy to be so wrong about 
a situation in my life just because you know I've never done any business uh, work or, or creation and so it was my first venture into to learning about those things and so I took it very seriously but also you know I didn't know what to expect so I had my armor on so to speak and then I think very early on I made some really good friends who had different ventures than what we had um but you know that first initial thought was like okay if if we're going to compete against each other what does that look like and that was gone probably within the first weekend training because Mm -hmm. much time spent together so much time just joking around and getting to know the people and and see their passions and say oh okay it's it's not really a competition yes there's an award at the end but really we're here to help each other grow and and kind of work with each other and, and learn from each other mm-hmm. and I think at the end of our accelerator I don't know if EVM is going to get mad at me for this but usually they wait like a week to to say who the winners of the the pitch competition are and we all stayed while the judges were deliberating and they're like no we said a week and we're like oh we, we just want to celebrate the people who won Aww. and you know I think some some of us were like well, we want to know right now <laughs> if we want or not. But I think more it was like we, we've gone through six months of, of working with these people and we want to be here when the people who win here and we can celebrate them together. Yeah, because at the end, this is like, while there may be so many reasons for, you know, people to think that you should, would traditionally be at each other, the flip side of that is just like, dude, you're probably going to get me more than most people outside of this circle will because we have some of the same struggles and right. our ideas off the ground, trying to build this thing that hasn't existed before. So it's like, we actually have more reason to sort of connect than to actually, you know, be against each other. Um, yeah. And then I, but I could also, <laughs> I know this is turning to like a VVM love fest. <laughs> I can also say that we'll, I did we'll speak to- like VVM alum so that- Yeah. <laughs> take a listen. Um, yeah, I spoke, I remember speaking to um, some other alums from um, different accelerated groups that they had had, and they were just like, yeah, I've been part of other accelerated groups. It's not always like, like this. So right. it's like, you know, and I, I think it takes something to create those type of spaces. And I, I remember when I first met you and I was, mm-hmm. we were talking about, you know, what the Prometheus Project does, and I'm being drawn to that concept that's like, we're not just creating a thing just to create a thing, we're creating a community around it and i'm like that's my jam like (laughs) i think i think your actual words were you could have a cult oh (laughs) i might have said that (laughs) and i was like i don't know how to take that but i'm I'm gonna go with it yeah something like a cult i don't think i don't think you were blatantly like hey start a cult yeah 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 but yeah but something in terms of i've done a done a lot of research around this when I was thinking about you know forming leaders of the free world and everything like that because I did want it I didn't want it to be like we recruited a bunch of students we did some cool stuff together and then you're gone out in the world and like there isn't sort of a sense of like no once once you're a leader of the free world you're kind of a leader of the free world for life like this is us this, we're gonna be together and so how do you create that stickiness how do you what contributes to that um and so you know, when you look at a lot of these, um, you know, different groups, if you look at groups like, like AA or NA or any of those groups mm-hmm. like that, it's like when there is sort of like this sense of being a part of something that's bigger than yourself, um, you show up differently. Right. 
you you're you know the sense of community can bring something out of you that you're just like oh wow you know maybe I would have done you know this thing on behalf of myself but I'm doing this on behalf of my community and it's making me show up sometimes in the best version of myself and reinforcing that and when you have other people around giving that same energy back into that space like it is a beautiful thing it's so amazing probably the, <laughs> and that came out as you should this could be a cult <laughs> like, that was what i was seeing and, and yeah. um the thing that you were trying to create and so wow that's really cool um, yeah i mean i think i definitely i felt that going through that process and you know you can look at even going being in the military with people you're going through a lot of intense things together you form a community to help regulate yourself and the other people in the community like you're saying to put forward your your best self and show up as your best self without even knowing it because it's so regulating and and you're compassionate to that community and that connection mm-hmm. um and i think that very early on i think it was probably around the time you said to start a cult <laughs> was something that that shifted in in our drive with the Promethean project was instead of competing against like these yoga studios or the Y or these other things um there's this that theory of coopetition where mm. working together or or filling the holes of these other places in tandem with them rather than competing with them directly actually stri- like pushes our model and our our motto further than trying to go against these big gyms or these other um, companies who are doing counseling or meditation or nutritional counseling or whatever. And that was, I think once we found that part out, we could really start building our model more. And I think the only way we figured that out was going through that process with that community and people who have done similar things and and can really see beyond just what's in front of them because that's Mm. what you know, that's kind of what you have to do when you start is seeing what the next step is, but relying on the community around you to see the clearer picture and help you get through the forest, you know? Yeah. And it's amazing. Like when you become that sort of like focused or oriented that your, your community or the folks who are sort of like meant to be in that circle, like they find you Mm -hmm. because like, you're so clear. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think it's the work that we've been able to do with leaders of the free world has been that where it's just like, um, okay, how (laughs) we know we want to get to this thing. Like, how do we push that forward? And then it's just like, you know, these people it's like, oh, you're like actually the perfect person that we've been thinking about and looking Mm -hmm. and you're here. Um, And being, you know, that intentional about what you're trying to put out there. So we've been dancing around it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Leaders of the Free World? <laughs> um, and let, so let me just say, I, I did a little bit of research before this, just so I, I was trying to figure out my talking points, what I really wanted to have you mm-hmm. talk about. And my favorite thing about your uh, Facebook profile is it's you, it has your name, and then underneath it, it just says, a badass. And I never, I looked at it and I was like, that is such the, per- <laughs> the perfect thing for your profile. Uh, so I wanted to throw that out there. Oh, embarrass you a little better. bit, but also to to say it's very true. So I, I like. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. So leaders of the free world. So back in 2010, this year, this month will be 10 years. Um, then I step, I first stepped foot in Ghana, and um, at the time it was, you know, I was still doing. I was an undergrad, and I was working. Um, 
at Mount Holyoke and um, I'm still working at Garden the Community. So looking at urban agriculture, things like that. And I got the opportunity to go to Ghana and do research on the urban agriculture scene there and what that looked like working together. And um, honestly, I think I just, I just wanted a reason. And that was like, (laughs) Oh yeah, Um, this, this, this checks out. I need to go. This checks out. Exactly. I'm doing that here over there. So I go over there and I'm just like, all right, great. I ended up getting matched with the ministry of food and agriculture. And I was going to be going around with their sort of like officers to different urban agriculture sites and being able to talk to the farmers and um, volunteer with some of them and things like that. So I was just like, okay, this is what we're doing. And I went through this, this organization called Amazaji, um, which is a small sort of just like um, um, global service learning sort of organization. And um, I went by myself. Um, wow. <laughs> they were doing all the placements and everything. So I go and I'm just like, all right, cool. Focused on urban ag. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to, and um, I get over there and it's just like, oh, okay. Like, this is what it's like to be in another country. This is what it's like to be in a uh, society where like how you look and how you're perceived is the majority. Like I'm not a minority. I'm not the other, you know, by parents right. an American, but there was just something that sort of grew from that sense of renewed sense of self and just like how you see the world differently. Like it just shifts you. Um, And so I came back to the United States and I'm just like making different moves in my life that I had never considered before or things that I was afraid to do. Like, you know, you know, pretty bad situation that I was in that I I never thought that I could confront. And um, from that experience, it was just like, I, I, I can't even pretend to be the person I was before this experience right. and created this whole liberated mindset. And I was just like, okay, more, more people need this, especially, you know, more people who, who look like me, who aren't getting the opportunities. Um, and I, I don't know when I sort of settled on young men, mm-hmm. uh, but I knew that I was seeing kind of a lot of young men in my family and my community who were just like, you are so amazing. How do you, how do you not see that you're amazing? Um, and it's just like, if you, if you saw what I saw, if you experienced what I experienced, you totally would be making different decisions about your life. Like, I'm, I just know it, you know, and I just, I was like, so sold on that. And so the idea behind Leaders of the Free World was that we would work with young men, um, and we particularly wanted young men who were between like, you know, 18 to 24 or in that age where they're able to make their own decisions more or less about their own life. Um, and it, at first I was calling it like a social intervention, um, but just more using that moment of being able to step outside your own perceived boundaries, not only within yourself, but of the world to sort of transcend a lot of the things that maybe you had been thinking about um, what that consisted of. So it's just like, how do we push this liberated mindset through this experience? Um, but again, not only just like taking a bunch of guys outside the country and bringing them back, but how do we foster this whole um, curriculum and leadership development around how you think about yourself or your own sense of self-awareness um, before you enter that um, program, as you go through that program and, and unpack all of that mm-hmm. and come back and really start to think about well, what type of leader, what type of person do I want to be in the world? Um, and that's what Leaders of the Free World is about. And so I was so lucky 
that um, I connected with um, this guy who was in Rwanda at the time. <laughs> wow. Yeah, doing Peace Corps. Um, and How did, wait, I got to stop you there. How did you yeah. connect with him? So I was doing, um, before Leaders of the Free World launched, I was capturing stories of uh, Black men telling their first time travel stories. And um, someone in my network tapped to this guy and was like, you should share your story. Um, and like serendipitous, like I was literally working at this guy's alma mater. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was just like, whoa. And so he reached out from Rwanda. It's just like, you know, I'm, I'm, from, um, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, but I'm in Rwanda doing Peace Corps. And um, I want to share my story. So he shared his story. Like it broke my internet. And it's just like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> like did it everywhere and um and he you know we started talking through through messenger and everything like that because it's too expensive to call and he's just like um i'd love to stay involved like what can we do and i'm just like well our first pilot trip is um is coming up july 23rd this was in 2016 and he was just like i finished my peace corps service on july 23rd whoa (laughs) oh my gosh yeah so literally bought his ticket to Ghana, um, you know, a couple of weeks after that. And it was just like, obviously I'm a, a woman and as much as I believe I can do, like leading men and, and doing some of that work with them, I feel, um, you know, definitely need another guy to do that. And he was right. like, I'm really into leadership development. And, um, you know, I've been doing some of this work here in Rwanda with some of the students. And so I can totally do this work with them. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I figured maybe he would do a couple sessions or maybe just have some discussions with him. Um, no, he was like really into like doing stuff with them and helping them, you know, unpack themselves and do all this stuff. And this was like, all right, cool. We're going to be co-founders. This is, this is what we're doing together. Like, <laughs> um, and so again, like it, it literally is about, um, like I said, it, it's about the trip, but it, it more is about sort of like, creating that, that free, the free world that's supposed to live in here and, and inside of our heads. And I know a lot of, a lot of folks are just like, it's so they can be really better in school, right? It's so they can, you know, develop in this specific arena. And I was like, for me, I want us to be developing students who can thrive in any arena, right. you know, whether they choose to go to grad school, whether they choose to, you know, do whatever in their lives or, or, you know, whatever they become, that they're, excelling at their own sense of personal mastery and because if they're doing that then they're gonna be all right (laughs) right I I think I like that you brought that up because I do think so much of the societal pressure for for young men for young women is oh do this work do well in high school show up go to college after and I think we're missing a lot of that by prioritizing grades and this feeling of you know just doing 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 to get to an end but then doing it over and over and over again and it's not really it's not really reflective of how the real world is once you get into the real world so I love that like ah this isn't necessarily about school this is about being able to adapt and kind of chase whatever that you want to chase throughout your life and so that's the I think that's way stronger than just teaching them how, how to do well in high school. Right. And it, I mean, and it connects, it can connect academically if that's where they like, if I want to do well in school, it's like, well, then I want to teach you more about like, what does it take to sort of like 
manage your time or that resistance that's showing up when you're trying to apply yourself and you're right. having these internal feelings about I'm not good enough. I'm, you know, this is what's going on with me. I'm, I'm, I'm navigating all of these home challenges. Like how do we work on that core stuff that's going to help you perform well in the arena of your choosing? Right. That's awesome. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that because, you know, just, just reading some of what, what it was online. I, I like the passion that comes through when you talk about it and the backstory of, of how you guys, so who, who was that guy? What, what was oh, LeVar Thomas. Okay. <laughs> I figure we, we were building him up so much. We got to, we got to at least throw his name out. Oh there. yes. Yeah. LeVar Thomas. So he does his own sort of like um, speaking. He has a TED talk out there. So he'll love me for that. Um, the other side of letting go. <laughs> nice. Um, I'll put it in the show notes too, as as we. Yeah, and he's just so. If I'm the type of person who is somebody who can make a lot of logistical connections in terms of okay, we got to do this, this. I help people plan. I help people like okay, identify this thing that's important to you, and then move to step A to step B to step you know all that sort of thing. Um, he's the type of person that is just like okay, there's that that level of stuff but also that, that um, the stuff that's beneath the surface of, you know, that's driving you and getting at sort of like what are the self-limiting beliefs when you're trying to do all of that stuff. Um, and so it's just like, we're really great as a team in that sense yeah. of, you know, I'm going to show you the mechanics of how to move forward and how to get things done and what it takes in directing your purpose. And he talks about, you know, what does it take to empower your own sense of greatness um, and really, you know, delving deep on that level. So like, Right. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like that an analogy of like, here's this, here's the stuff you can see and plan through. And then he's what's underneath like that iceberg analogy of like, now this is what exactly. you need to do to succeed in that, those things. That's awesome. Right. I like that combination of things. So in what you were saying, just towards the end, you were saying your part was a lot um, similar to directing your purpose. So I want to segue in to another venture that that you're doing. Why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, Director of Purpose? Sure. Um, so I do a side consulting, coaching workshops around um, getting people to direct their purpose. And so what that means, <laughs> literally like, I know people say it's like um, helping people find their purpose. I like to believe that we all have purpose in us, um, but the trouble is that we're not quite sure how to direct it. Um, and so this came for a little bit from just a lot of the work I was already doing. Um, when I worked um, briefly at Clark University, um, I was the project director. So students would get funding to do these projects. So I would sit, you know, and I would sort of like help them shape these ideas. And I would sit and like meeting after meeting after meeting with students where they would come to me with like pieces of an idea. And it's just like, how do I make this sort of solid? Um, or I was doing a lot of advising or students would say like, I have fragments of experience and I don't know what this means and to, you know, getting that first internship, that first job. So in doing that, um, and then also my experience with VVM and helping people really think through their ideas, um, I created um, that work around how do you help people sort of get to the core of why they want to do a thing so sort of figuring out like why is this thing important to you like we can talk all day about why you want to get a you know an internship or start this project or you know we can go through that but i, I really need to identify 
you know, what's at the core of this for you? Um, you know, and you find really beautiful things there in terms of, I need, I want to be the person that I needed when I was young. Um, I want to create, you know, the thing that I know that, you know, my mother would have loved who may not be here anymore. You know, all these sort of things that's at the core of that. And it's like, all right, great. Hang on to that, you know, and I need you to show me sort of like, you know, what does this look like at the end goal? And so my whole role in that is just like, I want to bring you from identifying that to sort of really thinking about sort of what's the, the perfect sort of outcome for you, because I know people will think of a hundred and one reasons of why it won't work, why it's not good enough, this, this, right. this. But when we need to create that space for like, but what if this does work? What if it's amazing beyond anything you can think about right now? Let's, let's pause there. Um, and then, okay, if that's our compass point, then let's work together to create a plan to get there. Um, that's literally what direct your purpose is about. And while it can be sound simple, sort of like, all right, um, purpose, vision, plan, execute. It's in those spaces that you find what's going on with people. Um, if you have somebody who is doing all of this visioning and doing all this planning, um, but they're not following through, then it's just like, let's unpack that a little bit. Like what's keeping you from executing? Um, you know, and it, sometimes it can be people thinking like, I feel like my, my idea is not good enough, or I feel like this, or I feel like that. And that can be a time to sort of retool some of that or a time to bring them back to, let's go back to what was the real core of why you wanted to do this in the first place. And that might help us recalibrate how you're going about it. Cause it's not maybe about, you know, doing it in this way with this company, but maybe you got to shift a little bit to something just around the corner. Um, and so it's just, yeah. So it's, it's helping people direct what's important to them out into the world and follow it through on behalf of themselves in a sense right. yeah <laughs> I love that um, I think I said I think I've said I'll go through when I'm editing this and see how many times mm -hmm. I said I love that <laughs> this, <laughs> this episode because it, it speaks so much to a kindred spirit in, in myself of just thinking about so much that passion that purpose is why we start a lot of these endeavors that we do and then through the course the, the monotonous course of, of trying to get them up and running or doing these steps things interject and we're more prone at different parts of it to to say what's the easier way to make this happen even if i have to put my purpose or my passion to the side a little bit just to get there and i, and I feel like once you start cutting corners like that then it doesn't become a passion driven mission for you anymore and now it's mm. just hey this is where we're at and you turn around and, and you're like this isn't what i wanted right yeah um and it's you know and, and it's like figuring out what do you need to do those things so it's just like you know i highly highly always advocate for people to like get an accountability part <laughs> right. um you know go after whatever resources you're going to need to to make that happen um but be willing to do that. You know, it's just like getting into a space where you're, you're willing to do that work. Um, it's hard to move forward when you feel like you're the only one and nobody understands and you don't have community around some of those goals. So it's just like, even in, in doing that work, it is, it's not about that, that single journey. It is about sort of like, you know, pulling in what you, whatever you need, identifying and pulling in what you need to be able to be successful in that. Awesome. All right. So Ruby, I always finish the podcast with two questions. So I'm going to throw them at you. And cool. 
you can answer in any order. I just like saying them together because they're kind of tandem questions. So the first one is, if you could have any superpower, what would it be mm. and why? And then the second one is, what do you believe your superpower is? Oh, definitely answer the second one. Um, if I could have any superpower, what would it be? Wow. And I feel like I just thought about this the other day. Um, I think I would want the ability to, oh, I would want the ability to be able to um, speak any language. Nice. I love that. There, uh, that just fits you so, so well. <laughs> Talking about community and, and, you know, regulation and, you know, your experience in Ghana and, and really just finding that purpose. And I think that fits so, so well. Nice Thank answer. You. Thank you. It just like came to me. I was like, oh, wait, yes, this one. Um, and what do I believe my superpower is? Um, I believe my superpower is to, is making connections, even of, of the most obscure point sometimes. Um, I guess it was in making connections and building community. Um, but yeah, making connections, it's like, oh, this means this. Okay, so this, like, I don't know. It's um, like that scene in, you know, Beautiful Mind where he's just figuring out the all these equations. and. There's that scene. I think once I likened it to that scene, there was that movie with um, Tom Cruise where he was a... Um, he was a cop that stopped future crimes. Oh, yeah, Minority Report. <laughs> I don't know anymore. And so their database thing was this um, thing that he, he moved with his hands mm -hmm. and everything like that. Um, and so I remember, they, like, it's like that, where it's just like, I once had this guy who was talking about this pieces of an idea and everything like that. And I was like, oh, well, you could just do that, do that, do that. He's like, it's like I just threw some wood in front of you and you built a bench with it. <laughs> Good bench. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> Just don't uncover like some future murders and then send people to yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. to get arrested before future, they, they exactly. That was a good movie. Yeah, um, future greatness. Just future greatness. Um, yeah. Great. Awesome. So, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Do you have any last words just for the listeners? Any gems to drop on them as we're talking about this? Um, gems. I would say be who you need to be right now. And that's it. Simple, but yeah. Not to, don't worry about, I know there's the past, there's a the future, and so much uncertainty. So just like be who you need to be right now, today. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what mindfulness is, right? It's being present and, and just being. So that's awesome. I'm so honored for having oh, you on the you. podcast. So thank you for gracing us. Um, as always, I'm sure we'll figure out another endeavor to, to partner up on <laughs> again. Yes. So uh, I'll be in touch. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at thepromethianproject.org. If you want to learn more about the Promethean Project or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at 
thepromethianproject.org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends. Please like our posts on social media and Instagram and on Facebook. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen. And remember that the most important step is always the next one.